Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, we're going to wrap up National Highway Safety Week. Find out about Mornings at 7 coming to the Providence Playhouse. We'll also hear about a plunge to raise money for autism. Hearing aids, not what you think they are anymore. And starting us off, Walt Rowan. He's president of Susquehanna Glass Company and co-chair of Small Business for America's Future. He's here to talk about small business and give you some pointers. Walt, welcome. And you are in Columbia, Pennsylvania. And where is that in relation to we're in the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Hazleton area? Sure. Well, Columbia is kind of right in the Lancaster, Harrisburg, York area. And Columbia is right on the Susquehanna River, exactly halfway on Route 30 between Lancaster and York and just down the river from Harrisburg. Then you're kind of in an area just like we are in and you have the state capitol right there almost in your in your backyard. And the reason that we have you here to join us today is we're talking about small business for America's future. Start off just by giving us your background because you are definitely someone who's been involved in small business, your family, for generations. Uh, That is true. Our company is Susquehanna Glass Company. We are a glass as in tabletop and barware glass, tumblers and on-the-rocks glasses, wine glasses. Um, And we've been in that business since 1910. My grandfather and his brother that started the business, and they did it in the garage the house they grew up in, which is across the alley from where our factory is today. So we, something we do for a long time and we stay put. Congratulations and kudos to you because your family has been able to keep it going three generations. And that may be something in the future. Not many people may be able to say. I know that because of the fact that you're involved and have been so involved in small business, that has given you an opportunity to become involved in small business development as well as even the impact on what it's going to be like in the future. So, Walt, if you had to get out your crystal ball, what would you see happening to small businesses such as yours as time goes on? You know, I think one characteristic of a uh, small business person that survives and then puts their business into the future is two things. I think you have to be an eternal optimist. You have to be always believing that you can change things and and they can get better and you can do well down down the line. And the second thing, which is what I just said, you have to always be ready and prepared to change. Every time you have something that's really succeeding, you need to be saying to yourself, okay, 
this will not last forever. What's the next thing that I need to be putting in place now before the thing that's driving my business today starts to wane? So you've always got to have the next thing at least being thought about, hopefully implemented, so that um, you can survive all those years. And finally, you, you absolutely, when you're in business, you have to accept the fact that you're going to have ups and downs. So you've got to be prepared to deal with the times that things get tough, um, and you've got to gut it out, believing, optimistically believing, that, uh, that things will turn around and they'll get better. So you've got to work hard and stick with it. And I think all of that, is an attest to everything that you have. So then we have the other side where we have no control sometimes, and that is over government issues. And I know that the organization that you are involved with, of course, hears a lot of what's going on as far as the government is concerned, whether it's state, local, federal, no matter what. So How is that all playing a part in all of this that you're seeing being on the ground floor on the inside? You know, there's always a lot of talk between the people. So let's say in the business community, there are people that believe that government should not be involved in in business activities at all. They always want to reduce regulation and uh, they want business out of their uh, their hair as much as possible until they need something, and then they want them there. Um, there are other people, and I'm in this category, that believes absolutely in the concept of cooperation and collaboration, that a country is complex, a society is uh, diverse and, um, and thriving as the United States has been, can't rely just on one category. So The capitalistic system is the best economic system we've ever, I think, designed in the world, in the history of the world. But it doesn't, it doesn't take everything and solve it. So there are some things that I believe are best handled by government so that the government is covering the needs of the community. The best example, I think, is national defense. Nobody ever really says that the the army should be a private army. But then you can start to have discussions about, well, are the roads to be private roads or public roads? Are the, is the internet, should, should that be public or private? And I think that that honest and uh, fair discussion among people who want to believe that we cooperate and we come to the best solution is what has to happen in this country. Do you think that small businesses are listened to as much as they should be when it comes to making a lot of these decisions? Because, again, the the larger businesses have more power, more people, and the small businesses who are, again, on the ground floor, who are right there with the people that they're servicing – may have different kind of insight. So does it seem like the small businesses sometimes don't get heard enough? I think that's true. I'm going to correct you on one thing you just said. You said the big businesses have more people. Technically, small business as a complete entity in this country, economically, have way more business owners and way more businesses than big business. Big business, it depends on who employs more people at any given time, that there are absolutely thousands more businesses in the small business community. However, you're correct that at the government level, because 
the larger corporations have the time and the money and the resources to commit to talking to government all the time and trying to affect policies that they're advocating tend to get heard more off. That's where a, an organization like uh, uh, SBAF, Small Business for America's Future, that I'm involved with, really comes into play because collectively, if we as small business owners pool our resources, put our ideas together, we are listened to and we are taken very seriously by, by the government folks that we talk to, by our, by our politicians and our representatives. Um, and that's our mission to be at the table as much as possible and to be the sounding block for rational, reasonable cooperation and collaboration. There are many small businesses and getting together make a formidable group of people who are all on the ground floor. And I know in our area, we've had a lot of small businesses get help from, um, in particular, the city of Scranton, because they have had numerous American Rescue Plan Act grants that they have been able to, to roll out and to g- encourage small businesses. So that's one of the ways that local government has been able to help. Do you see the need for more local government, for more cooperation between small businesses in order to even go out and search for things like that in order to help and, and continue to grow? I think there always should be um, local local government and state government at the table with small business community. You know, you can get a lot done at the federal level. And we've just experienced the last four years, three and a half years of um, one of the biggest medical and financial crises any of us have have remembered in our lifetime. Um, And we've come through it. And a small business like mine have gotten major support from the government. We were able to get PPP grants. We got an EIDL loan at the end. Um, and there is absolutely no question in my mind, there are businesses that's been around for over a hundred years, would not have survived if there wasn't government support there and there quickly to, to help me and hundreds, thousands of other businesses just like mine. So we, ha- we are staring at an example of when the government steps in and supports what is necessary, and we all benefit from that in the long run. So now from someone who has a little bit more than a little experience under your belt, there are many (laughs) out there who are thinking, I would like to do this. The economy kind of scares me. The direction that we're moving in scares me. I'm young. I may be, you know, never have done this before with a family what would be some of the things, Walt, that you would say to someone in that position who is thinking about starting a small business? Well, I think we've just seen in the month of January some of the uh, biggest activity in years uh, with new businesses starting. The job growth in January, the experts thought it was going to be 150, 125,000 jobs. It was over 500,000. And all of those new jobs, I, I, at least I'm almost certain of this, were largely created by small businesses. Many of them were brand new businesses. So the idea that there's a disruption and that people are ready to try something new is when people th- that are willing to take the risk, that, that take the challenge on. 
Um, that's when they come out of the woods and start that kind of stuff. The number one thing you have to do in a business, especially when you're starting, is to um, have a long strategy. You've got to be able to put enough money aside that you can weather. If you're good, you could you could gain immediate success and be very profitable in the short term. But then eventually that's going to turn around and, that, and you're going to have to be prepared for what happens when it's not as good as it is. Or if it starts and it takes a lot longer than you think it's going to take, you've got to have some money or support behind you. But you've got to be, got to work at it every day and you've got to just be ready to, um, I said it earlier, to change what you're doing. Uh, you, you go into it with a certain idea about what your business is going to do. Now, guarantee you, there'll be a, quite a few things that you're going to be completely wrong about. Hopefully, more things will be correct, but you've got to be ready to say, that didn't work, I'm going to change and do something else. If you have that ability and you have a positive attitude and you can postpone gratification, you're not going to go out and buy a brand new car when you start your business. You're going to, you don't have to buy a used car. You don't have to put off buying some things until things settle down. I think you need to hang a nice little sign outside one of the local coffee shops in Columbia and let people come in who are going to think about this and ask you questions. Quick, pick your brain, because I'll tell you, you have wonderful suggestions. And I think you hit the nail right on the head, especially when you said, be patient and don't go out and buy a brand new car. What's interesting, and I've seen this many, many times. Some of the most at-risk entrepreneurs, brand new people going into business, are the ones that are the most successful in the very beginning. Because everybody believes when they're successful that they're, they're on top of the world and they're the smartest guy around. But I guarantee everybody that has that happen to them that 98% of those people, there's going to be a turnaround. And then if you just simply believe you were the greatest in the world, you're not going to be able to question um, what you were doing. You're not going to be able to change. You probably have created a much too affluent lifestyle. You know, you bought a new house and a new car and a new boat. And even if you're three, four years, five years into it, um, it can turn around and then you can't recover and you'll lose your business. So don't be over overexcited or overconfident if your business does very well in the beginning. Be proud because you've done that, but be cautious thinking this isn't going to last forever. And what will I do when things start to turn around? Can I handle it? And if you would give our listeners the information for the organization that you're associated with, because perhaps that would be someplace. And do you have any other places that people might turn for advice or, you know, just some how to get it off the ground type of advice? I have been involved for quite some time in the uh, organization called Small Business for America's Future, and that you can just type in, uh, and it's a .org organization. We're uh, based out of D.C. For We're open for anybody that has a small business that they're starting or getting started. We can help with that as well. Local chambers of commerce. There's a lot of business organizations that are connected to the local chambers. I know I live in Lancaster, and the Lancaster Chamber is probably one of the top five chambers in the country. But when you have a good Chamber of Commerce, you've got resources that you can tap into. They're always willing to help. 
Well, thank you. Anything else that uh, you think that would be helpful? Because like I said, you should just hang a shingle right outside that says great advice. I think people need to keep talking. We we talk so much these days about how everybody is split apart and uh, civility is, we're, we're losing civility and we're polarized and politics is pulling us apart, not pulling us together. And in the end, we, uh, just like a business, you have to pull together, you've got to listen work things out and, and stick with it. The American economy is the strongest economy in the world ever. And it's as strong now as it's, as it's ever been. I have a real strong optimism that we're going to be better in six months and two, three years from now, things are going to be blooming. So thank you for uh, listening. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. Thanks again to Walt Rowan, president of Susquehanna Glass Company and co-chair of Small Business for America's Future. When you think hearing aid, what do you think of? Not what they are today. And to tell us about them is Martin Greeter. He's Group Vice President, Consumer Hearing at Sonova. And he's also going to tell us how the front man from Twisted Sister, D. Snyder, is now the front man getting the word out in upcoming ads. Martin, welcome. And here we are, we're talking about hearing and So many people are embarrassed sometimes. So many people don't want to admit that maybe they're having a problem. And what have you found after all of these times that you've talked about this to people? What have you found as far as they're concerned? Yes, indeed. There is a high stigma associated with hearing loss. Uh, um, About 30 from our research, we know that about 35% of people actually feel embarrassed wearing a hearing aid, which interestingly is three times higher than wearing um, eyeglasses. And also once diagnosed with a hearing loss, it takes people on average about seven years to actually act upon their hearing loss. And that seems like an awful long time because sometimes it can really be an impairment. So have you found ways that people try and compensate for maybe a hearing loss that some of our listeners might be able to relate to when they hear you tell us about it? Well, obviously, the the first signs are, you know, people, they, they try to follow conversations in restaurants and then they don't really hear any more well, but they still give the impression that they're following the conversation, which at times can then be embarrassing. So that's one way of compensating. Another way, which is obviously not good, is people start to actually distance themselves and, and be less social, which is uh, what you also don't want. So from that perspective, having some sort of um, help is is the best way forward. And let's talk about that help because you're involved with a group who is helping people in order to hear. Tell us about them. Definitely, yes. And, you know, historically, uh, hearing aids are distributed and sold via healthcare professionals. And, and the first kind of point of stop would be to go and see one and have a hearing test done. And now, as of recent, in the U.S., uh, the, the OTC or over-the-counter bill has come into effect, uh, which is now allowing hearing aids to be sold uh, over-the-counter and also online. And so the, the access now is becoming a lot easier, and there's uh, been a, a, a plethora of uh, new devices uh, come onto the market, which sit somewhere between a hearing aid and a traditional earbud but provide a speech enhancement. I've been hearing about all these different things, and when you think about people who wear earbuds... 
to listen to their music and podcasts and everything. It seems like that might take some of the stigma away. Are you finding that? Definitely. I mean, speaking for myself, I would be one of those people who would kind of not want to wear a hearing aid over my dead body. But um, as I say, recently we launched our conversation, Clear Plus, and I've been using it now for the last three, four months. Uh, and it's, it's, been, it's my all-around kind of earbud that has great music, great wearing comfort. And in moments like a noisy restaurant, it does great speech enhancement and helps me follow conversations much better in a noisy environment. So uh, that's what I'm using these days. A testament right there to the fact of how far we've come and how much easier it is in order to have to deal with what might be happening to you. And I just can't wrap my head around the fact that someone like Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister is actually talking about a hearing aid campaign. Now I understand because after all those years that all of us enjoyed concerts and he was right in the middle of all the music, that can have an impact on our hearing. But how does he fit into all this with you? Yeah, it's great. We're really uh, happy and blessed that we were able to partner with um, Dee Snyder, a, a great guy. I was uh, I was able to actually uh, have dinner with him recently. And obviously, you know, him being in, in a rock band and being exposed for hours on end loud music uh, that often has the biggest toll on our ears it actually damages the hair cells the teeny weeny hair cells in our cochlear implant and so he was uh, delighted to partner with us because obviously he's also aware of the fact that there's a big stigma associated with um, hearing help or hearing devices and so together with him we want to break down that stigma and make hearing devices and hearing support a lot more available to uh, all the Americans. That is just absolutely amazing. And I can't, like I said, I can't wrap my head around the fact that Dee Snyder is talking about hearing aids, because as you said, that's somebody that you would not think would maybe want to come right out and say that there is a problem, but that's probably one of the biggest problems, especially in the age group, because we were all exposed to things like this. So Tell us some more about the different hearing assisted advice devices that you are starting to bring here to America. Yeah, I think generally speaking, one could say there's there's three groups of hearing uh, three groups of hearing devices. The first group is when you have a, a, a moderate to severe hearing loss, uh, which is fitted by healthcare professionals, and you wear it the entire day. And that's one group. Uh, the second group is uh, the OTC devices, which are now being brought to the market, which simply require a simple online or in-app hearing test. And then they're also worn the entire day. This is for someone who has a moderate hearing loss and needs assistance continuously. And then the last um, kind of group, and that's the one I was referring to before, which I am using, is really for people like myself who don't really have a, a diagnosed hearing loss, but are still you know, starting to struggle like myself in uh, noisy restaurants. And then you know, I just pop them in uh, when I'm in a noisy restaurant, uh, hit the speech enhancement button, and they really help me follow a conversation much better. And there was always, again, many years ago when people were getting hearing aids that uh, they were saying were, especially in a restaurant, they were picking up the the silverware and it was so, uh, uh, it was just not good. And people wouldn't wear them then. So, 
I'm hoping that you're going to say that that these alleviate a lot of all of that and people are not only going to go for them, but also wear them. Exactly. And it definitely beats the funny position which people sometimes take when they kind of flip their ears forward in order to better understand. Martin, I didn't even think about that. But now that you've mentioned it, it's making me giggle. Once again, for benefit of our listeners, if you would just tell us about Sonova, about all the things that you have coming out, where people can find them and where people can get more information. Yeah, certainly. So we Sonova, we're the leading hearing care provider worldwide. About one in three hearing uh, devices is sold by us. Um and we are now launching um, OTC devices and solutional speech enhancement devices under the Sennheiser brand, which is a, a company which historically has specialized in, uh, in uh, audiophile products. They are coming to the market um, in a pre-launch phase now, and um, they can be found. More information can be found on Sennheiser-hearing.com. That's our website. Uh, you can also go to Amazon where you will find uh, the Conversation Clear Plus product, uh, which is online and, and uh, for sale right now. And so these will be your, your two best points of call right now. And is D. Snyder's ad campaign in the U.S. yet or is it on its way? It's actually um, it's, it's online, so it can be found on YouTube and other online channels. We will be, when we move into the full uh, kind of full-fledged launch, which is going to happen as of April, it will be most likely aired also on certain TV stations. Well, if you get to have lunch with him again, you tell him I said he was awesome, and he still is, and so are you, Martin. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure, Paula. And he is awesome. I had a wonderful time with him. It's, he's, a, he's a great guy. Thanks again to Martin Greeter, Group Vice President, Consumer Hearing at Sonova, telling us about those new technology hearing devices that aren't the hearing aids we remember from years gone by. And we'll be looking for Dee Snyder in those upcoming ads very soon. Don't go away. Getting chilly for a good cause in March next on Special Edition. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Special Edition. Coming up next month, a group of people are getting together to take a plunge for a good cause. Yes, a plunge in a local lake 
Beach Mountain Lake, to be exact, and they're going to be raising funds and awareness for autism. Right now, we're going to meet Krista D'Angelo. She is the president and CEO of Collaborative Autism Movement. They're sponsoring the fundraiser and going to tell you how you can also get involved. It's a newly formed nonprofit organization started by our family. Uh, the mission is to collaborate with other nonprofits in our area, local school districts, and organizations to help support the needs of individuals with autism in our area to help them build more dynamic futures. So some of the key initiatives that we're working on this year are sensory-friendly haircuts, sensory-friendly photography sessions, and inclusive sports. Uh, most of those tasks are pretty challenging for individuals on the spectrum. So providing a sensory-friendly environment is really important for them to help accomplish these tasks. So all the money that we raise from this Polar Plunge event will go towards these programs. Again, you're absolutely right. And there are so many families out there who are dealing with autism, who don't know what direction to go in sometimes, especially for new diagnosis. So what can the Collaborative Autism Movement do to help them? So you could reach out to us on our website, Collaborative Autism Movement, or go to our Facebook page. Uh, reach out to us with any questions you have, um, any needs for resources. We can do our research in your area where you're located, help you find services, help you find diagnostic, help you get some of those intermittent needs that you might have um, before actually getting into services because there's long wait lists everywhere. So we want to help and support where we can. Um, so just contact us directly and we can provide that support. And you mentioned your family and I know your family is involved in so many different things. So how did this one come about? Uh, the Paul and Lisa Family Foundation has been doing a 4th of July event each year. They do a walk run and we donate to several causes. One of the causes is autism. So we had started um, a business called Mission Autism Clinic. We have found a lack of services for the parents at Mission Autism Clinics. So we wanted to provide some resources in a nonprofit organization. So my husband, Paul, and I have set out to do this with Collaborative Autism Movement to try and help some of those struggles that we couldn't necessarily help within Mission Autism Clinics, but support them outside as well. And, you know, weekend events and uh, attending different sporting events. Uh, so we want to be able to help them more than we already currently are within the clinic. And just looking over your Facebook page, you have an awful lot of local groups who are already finding you and are starting to become involved to get you more into the community. And how is that working out? It's been going great. The response has been amazing uh, from the local community. We work with the unified track team, the unified bocce ball team at Hazelton Area School District. We are working with the Jumpstart Cart to help support their program. We have partnered with Autism Parenting United, which is doing our sensory haircuts. The resources in the area, I mean, we just started a month ago. So um, we're really thankful that we're getting a great response from the community. And we're just looking to partner with other organizations to help make a bigger impact. And we'll talk some more about that. Now, do you have a brick and mortar location that people can go and visit? Or is all this just kind of being done at events as they happen through through the website, through the Facebook page? 
It's currently all online and uh, via Facebook and our website. Um, So we hope to eventually have a brick and mortar, but we don't currently. So now that we have just a little bit of background about the collaborative autism movement, we want to hear about this plunge. Are you kidding me, Krista? You're going (laughs) swimming in March? We are. We are taking a polar plunge for autism. It's on Saturday, March 18th, which is St. Patrick's Day weekend. It's located at Beach Mountain Lakes. Um, We have registration from 11 to 12.45 with a 1 p.m. plunge. Uh, The cost of plunge is $25. Uh, We do have several plungers already signed up, some CEOs of companies, politicians, individuals with autism and some local businesses have rallied around our cause to take the plunge. Uh, But if you don't want to plunge, you don't have to. Uh, We'll have plenty to do for people that don't plunge. So 50-50s, tricky trays. We have music and MC services being donated by ALV Karaoke. Beach Mountain Lake will also have their bar and restaurant open for us at 11 a.m. to come eat and drink and support our plungers. All right. Tell us how this plunging works now. Do we have to bring our own plunger or are we the plungers? What's going on here, Krista? We are the plungers. Yeah. So we will line up everyone at one o'clock, uh, do a little intro, have everybody run into the lake. It's um, it's a beach style lake. So you can run in and run back out. You choose how far in you want to go and how long you stay in. Um, but once you're out, you got to warm up quickly because hopefully they get a warmer day, but uh, polar plunge. I think it'll be pretty cold afterwards. Well, I think anything below 85 to me is cold. So I just, yeah. <laughs> so here's another opportunity for people to help out. And how did this one come about? And I understand that you're also get, going to look for the top fundraiser. What's that all about? Yeah, so we have uh, peer-to-peer fundraising active on our Polar Plunge site. So you would go to our donor box website. You'd click on, I want to fundraise for this. You could start your own personal fundraising page as a plunger. Um, So some of the CEOs have said, I'll plunge if I reach a $1,000 goal, which some of them already have. So uh, they're going straight into that water. Um, But we're hoping to get a bunch of people rallied around uh, whoever their plunger is to come and support them as well, even if they're not plunging themselves. And is there a admission fee in order to get in if you're not going to be plunging? Nope, no fee to come and enjoy uh, the view. (laughs) That's a good way to put it, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Just enjoying the view. (laughs) Yeah. And getting back to the collaborative autism movement, what, since you are new, grassroots, ground floor, but you've already had so many people who are responding and who are coming out, what would you like to let everyone else know about CAM and as far as getting involved with you, any of that information that we can share with our listeners? We started CAM as a personal mission, and we want you all to know that every single dollar that is raised is going right back to the autism community. Um, We are going to be very uh, transparent with everyone. We'll have reports posted on our websites. Um, All the money raised from these Polar Plunge events, we have a golf tournament coming up. Um, all these events will directly go back into these services that uh, we have listed on our website. And then if you do want to volunteer for anything or you want to be a part of our mission, uh, please reach out to us at hello at camautism.com. Uh, we are looking for volunteers for any of our events. 
and we welcome it. And it sounds to me and it looks to me as though uh, as I'm looking at your page that there are many events that are coming up. I mean, you even have uh, Allentown reaching out to you and you have so many people here in our area that are already on your Facebook page as well. So when we're talking about that, there's there's really no limit as to which way anybody can go in order to help or get involved. We welcome everyone from as far away. I know we have punders signed up that are located in New Jersey, New York area. So come from wherever and support our causes. Um, I know our golf tournament also brings in people from all over the state of Pennsylvania. Um, They really enjoy the golf tournament that we put on each year. Well, and I see that there's also uh, events coming up for Easter and we've got uh, many organizations that are on there. So that's, that's great. So I'm going to give you the microphone now, Krista, it's up to you. Get the plungers in there. Is there a certain time that they have to be registered by? Uh, just by one o'clock registration by 1245 um, that day. So you, you could still come up until that day to, to plunge with us. Oh, okay. So we're, we're going right up to that day. All right. Oh yeah. Get, get your plunging outfit on. Are you in the mood? Here we go. Here comes Krista. We're going to plunge. Come plunge with us at Beach Mountain Lakes on March 18th. We are excited to have you come out and take the plunge. If you can't plunge, come support Beach Mountain Lakes uh, March 18th at 1 p.m. Okay. And remember, if you don't want to plunge, come support 50-50 tickets, raffle, baskets, music donated by ALV Karaoke, and the bar and restaurant will be open for lunch. Thanks once again to Krista D'Angelo, the president and CEO of Collaborative Autism Movement. Remember the Plunge for Autism event, Saturday, March 18th at Beach Mountain Lake in Luzerne County. Registration starts at 11 a.m. The plunge time is 1 p.m. And if you would like to find out more, you can visit the CAM Collaborative Autism Movement Facebook page. Coming up next on Special Edition, we're getting set for mornings at 7 and safety on the highways. That's next. Coming up next on Special Edition, looking for a good laugh? The folks at Actor Circle at the Providence Playhouse in Scranton always deliver great theater. And this one, according to director Jesse Teven, says it's guaranteed to leave you laughing. It's called Mornings at 7, and it'll be going up this week. Jesse, you have an exciting project coming up, and I know every time Actor Circle puts something on the boards, it's another wonderful event. I'm not familiar with Mornings at 7. Can you give us some of the background of uh, what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So it's about four aging sisters and the challenges they're facing as they go into their 60s and 70s. Um, which is not to say at all that it is old or boring because there is a sister whose husband is facing mental health challenges. There is a sister whose husband just wants wants to live together and not actually be together because she wants to hang out with her family. Um, there are two sisters sharing the same house with one of their husbands. And there's one sister's adult man-child bringing home his fiance of seven years that no one has ever met. So hilarity ensues. It's very, very funny. A lot of physical comedy. A lot of lot of good one-offs. It's an interesting time. Your name is new to directing. Does that mean that you are new to directing? Uh, I did it in college. I ha- I went to Wilkes University for theater, 
and I directed when I was there. But uh, this is my first time doing like a big main stage show. And it's a cast of nine, which is, you know, they're amazing, but it's challenging uh, my, for my first show. But I think it's going to be great. Of course, it's going to be great. It's at Actor Circle and they always have wonderful productions over there. And what made you decide to get involved with this particular show with all of the other shows out there that you could have decided that this was the one you were going to put up for your very first big one. Why this one? You know, it just, it seemed like timeless themes and, and things that people can relate to. And I thought, you know, everybody can see themselves in these characters. I I really thought that it would just be very relatable to people and who doesn't want to see that. So I figured if I direct this one, we'll get a lot of people that'll a lot of themselves. Excellent. Well, now it's time to find out the where and the when, because these shows come up so quickly and we want to make sure that everybody has their tickets. So when will Mornings at 7 go up? We have a preview night on March 2nd. So that's coming right around the corner uh, at 8 p.m. And then we officially open on March 3rd. You can see it March 3rd, 4th, 10th and 11th at 8 p.m. And then on March 5th and 12th at 2 p.m., we have a matinee on the Sunday. And of course, it's always a draw when you know that somebody that you know is in the performance in order to be there. So do you have your cast members list handy that we can give a shout out to everybody who's working so hard to get this show up on the up and ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got Kathy Rist-Strouch, newcomer Debbie Deming. We've got Pashi and Reed Walker, Tommy Tomeo, Mike Lally, Nina Kemp, Harry Powell, and the inimitable Jeff Ginsburg. But I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to my amazing assistant director, Britt Deming. Um, my husband has been incredibly helpful assisting with everything. That's Jason Narkunas. And I have producers Harry Adelman and Mark Fryer working with me as well. So I've got really incredible people on this project. Yes, you do. And a lot of those are familiar names that we've heard in performances before. So, of course, it's going to be a wonderful show. Now, Jesse, I'm going to give it right over to you. You have the opportunity now to get everybody in the seats, give them the information they need. And, of course, the official directors come on down. Come on down to see Mornings at 7 at Actors Circle at the Providence Playhouse. Thanks once again to Jesse Teven, director of Mornings at 7, coming to the Providence Playhouse in Scranton. And don't forget, they will have a preview coming up this week and then performances this coming weekend and next weekend with matinees on Sunday. Now it's time to talk safety with Rebecca Ryback, coordinator of the Northeast Highway Safety Program. With the reminders on, what is this one, Rebecca? It is what we like to call Highway Safety Law Awareness Week. So what we do and what uh, PennDOT does is we focus on certain laws to just give the community a refresher on these laws and just to be mindful of, you know, some of these laws that are out. All right. Which one do we start with? Everybody obviously knows about not drinking and driving. We just want to remind everybody that in 2021, there were 11,000 crashes involving an impaired driver, resulting in over 450 fatalities. So we want to make sure that we talk about impaired driving and we 
do say DUI and we do say drunk driving, but we say impaired driving because there's been an increase in drug driving, driving under the influence of marijuana, certain types of drugs. So they really have moved from saying drunk driving to impaired driving. So we just want to make motorists aware that even with the prescription medical marijuana card, that you could still be pulled over for impaired driving. And I'm assuming that there are As we talk about when we talk about DUI, you can't afford it. I'm sure that this also falls under that same category. Right. And there are going to be fines related to driving under the influence of marijuana or any type of drug. And, you know, which includes court costs, classes. Uh, You may have to go for a drug evaluation. So, again, whether you're driving under the influence of alcohol, driving under the influence of marijuana or any other drugs, you can't afford it. It will be a very expensive fine. It could be jail time or even worse, God forbid that, you know, you get hurt or killed or you kill somebody else on the road. And you can't say it was a prescription drug because that comes under that heading as well. Right, right. You really have to watch your prescription drugs. You have to make sure that you read the label. Some will say, you know, do not take this while driving. A lot of them say do not mix with alcohol. So you really have to be mindful of the uh, drugs that you're using, prescription drugs and medical marijuana also because, you know, people think they get a free pass. Oh, I have a medical marijuana card. I could, you know, I could drive. I could do this. I could do that. But it is still illegal to drive impaired. And what else do you have on your list there? So we're going to talk about aggressive driving. Aggressive driving itself is not a law, but what we're talking about is the things that fall under aggressive driving. Speeding, even something as switching lanes fast, if you're tailgating somebody, those are all signs of an aggressive driver. So obviously, if you are speeding, you really want to make sure that if you are a driver who sees someone speeding or someone who's weaving in and out of traffic, you just want to stay back. You want to change lanes. You want to, you know, distance yourself from someone who is speeding. We want to remind people who have a tendency to speed that, you know, you have to drive at a safe and appropriate speed on the road. That's why we have speed limits. And especially when you're approaching intersections, railroad crossings, going around a curve, going around a hill, you know, things like that where people, you know, may lose control. We also want to remind everybody of, you know, pedestrians and weather conditions. So you really want to make sure that you have your car under control at all times. And to do that, you cannot go over the speed limit. Let's talk about those tailgaters. I think that comes under aggressive driving. What's one of the good strategies there if you have someone that close? If you find someone that has been following you closely, as we say, tailgating you, you really want to really get out of the way. You really want to put your anger or feelings aside and you want to make sure that you have your head on driving. So because these things can escalate. Uh, We've all seen stories about road rage and things that that can happen. So you really want to make sure that if you uh, find yourself in a position where someone is tailgating you, that you want to move over maybe get off the nearest exit, pull into a parking lot somewhere. You know, if the car passes you and you can call 911 and give them kind of a description of you know what happened and what's going on. So, you know, they can notify the police or state police in that area because more, li- more than likely that person is going to be an aggressive driver all the way through as they're driving to their destination. So do not get in the way of anybody who is being aggressive on the road. Try to get out of the way. 
What's next on your list? We're going to talk about distracted driving. Distracted driving, as we all know, has really been at the forefront of a lot of issues, especially with cell phones. There's always been distracted drivers. Obviously, we have children in the car, people, you know, eating, drinking behind the wheel, putting on their makeup. You know, everything is a distraction. There's outside distractions. There's in-the-car distractions. However, like I said, there's not a distracted driving law. However, we do have a law in Pennsylvania about texting behind the wheel. So we have a texting while driving ban, and it prohibits any driver using an interactive wireless communication device to send, read, or write a text-based communication while the vehicle is in motion. You can get pulled over. It is a primary offense. If police officer sees you driving while texting, and that could be Facebook, Snapchat, anything like that, you should not be doing behind the wheel anyway, but it is against the law in Pennsylvania. There's a $50 fine plus court costs involved with that if you get pulled over for texting behind the wheel. And what was the other one? Seatbelts. We want to remind everyone that we do have a seatbelt law in Pennsylvania. Drivers and passengers under 18, it is a primary law. So if you are under 18 years old, you need to buckle up anywhere in the vehicle. That's a driver, passenger, backseat, children. So what I mean by a primary law is that if you're under 18, a police officer is, you know, watching and sees somebody that maybe has a child on their lap, sitting around in the backseat. Maybe you're pulling out of a high school and you're a teen driver and you're not wearing your seatbelt and they are there and they see that you're possibly under 18. They could pull you over for that. In Pennsylvania, when you are over 18, it becomes a secondary law. If you are pulled over for another violation like speeding and they see you're also not buckled, you also could get a a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt and then a ticket for that primary violation. So that's where the whole clicker ticket comes in. In 2021, there was over 12,000 crashes where at least one person was not wearing a seatbelt And that resulted in over 300 fatalities. So we really want to make sure that everyone remembers that to wear your seatbelt and to have your children in a proper car seat. Rebecca Ryback, Northeast Highway Safety Program. I'm Paula Dagnan. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 